Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path become a world-class dermatologist. Hello everyone, my name is Nate Marroquin. I am one of the other hosts for this podcast besides Johnny Hatch. Johnny Hatch is in his fourth year doing some audition rotation, so you might hear a couple more episodes from us. And on this episode, we have Dr. Colby Presley, who is a dermatology resident. He's gonna talk about research tips, networking, and just how to be a stellar applicant. So we'll see you on the skin side. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I want to introduce Dr. Colby Presley. Um, before I give him the opportunity to introduce himself, I just want to state that uh, he was a fourth year when I was a first year, and I remember he came to a clinical skills lab where he was teaching us the derm skin examination, and I remember he asked me which specialty I was interested in, and I remember saying ortho at the time, and he kind of said, oh, ortho, bro, and kind of like chuckled, and that still sits in my head, and then uh, we had another alumni do a, converse, uh, a talk about dermatology, opened my eyes to the, the diversity in it and the various subspecialties. And I think after that, I decided I want to pursue the path of dermatology. And I think I've been bugging him since. So I'm super excited for him to have this conversation and share what he, he has to offer. Um, so Dr. Presley, if you can please introduce yourself. Yeah, um, I'm Colby Presley. I am a PGY2 um, at the Dermatology Residency Program at Lehigh Valley Health Network. Um, I went to med school, as Nate was saying, at Rocky Vista University College of Osteopathic Medicine um, at the Colorado campus. Um, I'm also, I'm from California. I did undergrad in uh, Utah. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm now a PGY2. I've survived intern year and now in the wonderful field of dermatology. Can you give us a little, uh, maybe a one word summary of your intern year? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of growth, there's a lot of hardships, but, um, it actually was a very shaping and molding experience. Um, you know, you, you really come to understand and appreciate like the full scope of medicine, not just dermatology. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of my intern year. That's awesome. Do you think that a little bit of your third year rotation helped you with that intern year? Cause now I'm, I'm in my third year currently, and I'm just curious if that stuff's going to carry over to that intern year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, if you, <laughs> I remember my first day of intern year, I had a patient who was hyponatremic. And during my third year, I remember, I think we had got the lecture about hyponatremia like four or five times. Um, and I always felt like my brain just like exited during that time. But actually like it does stick with you. And I remember you know, being there on my first day of intern year, I was brand new, trying to present my patient, my lab values, and my patient was hyponatremic. And my attending was like, okay, so what's the cause of the hyponatremia? And, you know, going, I like, remember it was my turn now to like actually talk about the causes of hyponatremia. Um, honestly, don't remember how it came back and I was able to talk about it, but I was. Um, and so, yeah, no, your third year will definitely play a big part in different intern years have different um, re requirements. For instance, mine did not have pediatric surgery or OBGYN, but I had lots of friends who also had those involved in their intern or transitional years. So, you know, third year does play a role. And 
uh, don't don't chuck that information, even though that seems to be the normal, you know, after you take step two, you, you got to hold on to it. But it's in there. That's good to know. Awesome. Good to know. Um, I just I guess our first question of the day is just why did you choose dermatology and when did you know that's the specialty you wanted to pursue? Yeah, so I kind of have like a alternative path, I guess, getting to dermatology. Um, I actually was a bound for law school. That's what I thought I was going to do is be a lawyer. Um, and long story short, I started uh, taking some biology courses. Um, and I was doing it mainly so I could do patent law. Patent law requires that you have like X amount of credits in science. So I did like biology, like human anatomy. And then I like, liked it more and more. And I was like, maybe, maybe I'm interested, like maybe like pre-med. Um, and I actually was like, oh, I should like shadow a doctor. My friend at the time, his um, brother was a dermatologist in our, where I went to college. I started shadowing him. I actually loved it. I was just so intrigued. I remember the first patient was an acne patient um, and it was an acne follow-up. And I was like, oh, this, this patient has like great skin, like completely clear. And then I remember on the EMR, they brought him up the patient up. And I just remember his face was just covered in pustules and scarring and post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And so I got to kind of see like, oh my gosh, this is how you can like change and affect someone's life. So long story short, from there, like there were just changes and changes um, in my path. I didn't go to law school. Thank goodness. I got saved. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just a lot of things kind of came together that started pointing towards derm. And so I was Durham before I went into med school. Um, and then, you know, I just from that point knew that I wanted it. And so I came in. Remember, I was quiet too when I started med school. I was like, oh, maybe dermatology, because you know, everybody knows it's difficult. And of course, anytime mm-hmm. I said it, people are always like, Oh, well, that's safe for the top of the top. So you're gonna be the number one in our class. Um, so yeah, I, I just knew probably like during pre-med that that's, that was the field I wanted to go into. I think uh, when I made that transition to my thought process of going to ortho to derm, I kind of had that same, like, keep it to myself for a little bit until, you know, I, I felt a little bit more comfortable about that just because the same thing, like, oh, you got to be top of your class, you have all these board scores and all this other stuff. So that's funny that you went through that. And I, I, I kind of resonate with that and had that same feeling. Yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like it happens a lot to us. You know, a lot of students too, like they, they're like, oh, you know, can I do it? Can I, you know, everyone's telling me it's, I'm number one, I have to be number one. Um, you know, I guess Nate, we can talk about that later about what is important to getting into dermatology. But when anytime anyone talks to me about like derm and whether they can do it or not, I always tell them to ask themselves, like, why not you, you know? And I'm so glad that like, that day that we did the skin exam, you know, from that, that resonated. So I didn't, sorry, I didn't realize I said ortho bro when you were, when we were okay. in the PM line. But, um, totally you know, fun. like, uh, I always tell people, you know, ask yourselves, like, why not you? Why can't you do it? You absolutely can do it. So, um, yeah. Anyways, I'm glad of that. I think, I think that's a great, great aspect and great thought process. You know, I like to say, like, look how far you've already come and why second guess it look at all the stuff you've already overcame and i think that's very important i think that's a good outlook to have as well exactly exactly so dermatology is where you're at now was there any other 
possible chance of a different specialty? Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of third year. As, as much as we moan and groan about having to do, like, rotations and shelf exams, um, I actually, my first, my first one was cardiology, and um, my dad has some, like, cardiac issues, and so it was, like, it resonated at home to, to do cardiology. Um, and then I remember on that rotation, I loved it. I love EKGs. And even in my intern year, my favorite rotation that I actually ended up signing up for more shifts, like I traded to have more time was actually in the cardiac ICU. Um, so I was tempted by cardiology for a moment. And then uh, let's see, after that, it was OBGYN. I got to work in a really awesome clinic. And my preceptor was just like fantastic. And I got to deliver a lot of children, see a lot of happy parents. Um, and, but then there were some difficult patients, you know, the difficult situations, you know, OBGYN, it can be really, really happy or it can be really, really sad. And I had to go on both the spectrums and I realized OBGYN was not for me. Um, and then the next one was pediatrics as well. And that one, that one kind of almost swayed me as well. Um, so I remember when I was getting ready to apply, I, I was like, okay, well, I, I'm pretty sure I'm derm. I'm, I think I'm derm, but maybe I'll like throw some peds in and some OBGYN. And I remember, I just remember this because it, it, the year, my fourth year, my third, fourth year was when COVID started. And so I didn't rotate anymore from like March of 2020 until like July of 2020. So it was like a four month hiatus. And I remember being confused. Because I was like, well, you know, dermatology, but I also did like peds. I liked OB-GYN. And I remember I got to do an excision. I was doing a dermatology rotation. That's what I went back to when they let us back under rotations. And I got to take a, uh, you know, basically an excision of a, a cyst. And I remember the provider I was with was like, oh, this is so gross. This smells so bad. And I was like, no, this is so cool. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> And I remember he was just like, yeah, you're a dermatologist. If you love this stuff, this is for you. And I mean, that was a dermatologist telling me that. So, you know, okay. I, I may have wavered a little bit, but I knew it in my heart where, where I wanted to go. So you think that like, that brought you full circle back to dermatology? 100%. It just kind of reassured. Yeah, it was my reassurance okay. that like, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I think sometimes you walk out of a rotation and you go, oh man, that was actually really cool. You know, I, yeah, you, I remember walking out of like my, my surgery rotation was ortho trauma. Um, and I remember mm -hmm. like getting to basically like play with hammers and, and uh, basically screwdrivers and put things back together. I was a Legos kid. So I love that. <laughs> like, oh, ortho yeah. would be cool. But, you know, nothing resonated quite at home. Um, I remember getting in my car after leaving that day from the dermatology clinic. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I like. And this is where I feel most comfortable. Um, and just like getting to work with the patients, um, getting to see the really, the array and complexities uh, really just like took me like straight to like, this is it. And I remember calling my, my parents, I think I was talking to my dad and I was just like, dad, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for derm. And he was like, all right, we're in, like, we're here to support you. So yeah. Uh, derm was solidified that's good i'm glad that uh it worked out and you're on track to be that dermatologist yeah. i do kind of want to lead back to um talking about 
people saying, oh, you got to be 99th percentile. You got to have top board scores. You need to be number one in your class. Um, and I know that uh, research is one of those topics. And um, from our school, you did, you did quite a bit of research and you did a lot. Of, you had a lot of publications. And I was just curious on your tips for getting into research and like specific strategies and the different types. Yeah, so um, definitely the strength of my application was research. Um, when I applied, um, so I think it's important to look at how ERAS and the NRMP count research, which they count it in two ways. Um, research experiences is one category. And then another category is like abstracts, publications, posters, and they kind of lump that all together. Um, and I was well above average for both of them. And that was like where I think my application stood out. Um, and the biggest thing that I could tell you in order to like help collect on research and, you know, really have meaningful experiences in research that, you know, I, in the end, you know, we, as much as it's an interesting field, in the end, you want to get a publication, you know, you want your work to be recognized in the scientific community, you want your work to be seen at a, at a um, conference, or you want your abstract published. Um, the best thing I can tell you to get started into it is to really find a mentor would be your number one. Now, that's difficult, right? You could, how many of us like have cold emailed, cold call doctors, you're trying to get involved. I think the biggest thing is to start first at like academic centers. So I went to school in Denver, Colorado. We had the University of Colorado available to us. We had um, the Veterans Administration as well, which both have departments of dermatology. Um, so those academic centers are always more research focused. Um, I think not the greatest approach is always approach is to approach a private dermatologist who's in private practice, just because their their focus is not always on the academic pursuits, right? They're not always thinking in the, in the realms of publications or things like that because they are focused on their practice. And that's not to take away from private practice. That's just two different entities, right? So reaching out to um, academic centers and academic dermatologists, you know, assistant professors, associate professors, full professors at derm, derm departments in academic hospitals is huge. Um, I think the next part is, is once you get connected is to really show that you're there. You're there to do whatever they need. And this is a, like a really hard line to walk. And I remember struggling with this, but when someone gives you an opportunity and, you know, I, I hope that I don't get any backlash for this, but, you know, when someone gives you an opportunity, you need to take it and you need to just perform 110% with it. And it's hard, right? Because we're going to rotations, you're studying, you've got step two on your mind, you know, you've got all this stuff that's going on still. But if, um, you know, if somebody from an institution or even a, a private practice dermatologist, like, hey, I have a case report or, hey, I have this. Um, if you get that, you perform 110% and you get it done, that to them is the biggest sign that you are interested and that you want to get this done. And, you know, it might take them like a week, two weeks, even a month to like get it back to you. But then if you turn around and, you know, they're like, hey, you know what, Nate, I need edits on this. Can you do this? And you turn it around fast. You have always kept the ball going from your side of the court. 
Um, so that would be my next recommendation. So, you know, try to get in somewhere that's definitely research oriented and then perform as hard as you can. You know, if you, they need data, you get the data and you get it to them. Um, one of my really good friends, he's my colleague, he's my mentor. Um, he's who got me into research. Um, he's a, 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 his name's Chandler Rundle. He's at, at Duke. He, I remember one of the things he taught me was like the biggest thing you can give somebody in, in research is speed. Um, and that always stuck with me when I was trying to get more um, research completed is that I'm not, I'm not a researcher. Like I did a few things in undergrad. Do I understand some stats? I understand them. But the, the capability, and even though you don't believe it because you're like, oh, you know what, med school is really busy. I promise you have more time. <laughs> um, it just gets more and more demanding as you go up the totem pole. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if you can give someone speed and efficiency, it doesn't always have to be best quality. You know, when I work with students, I never expect them to write this amazing, outstanding, perfect paper from the get-go because it's a learning process. But if they have the data available, if they've already collected it, and then maybe like if they, if I ask them to write and they draft something, you know, it's always performing 110%. My next recommendation would also share the wealth. I mean, we know other people who want to match into dermatology. Um, my year from my school, there was four of us who wanted to do it. Um, I worked with all of them in one capacity or another on research. Um, you know, me and my friend Samiha, um, she's a resident out in Oregon. She uh, and I worked on multiple papers together. Uh, Tesha, who is my friend who's a, a resident in Michigan, multiple papers. And now um, I have a friend at, at other institutions. We, to this day, we have a research collaboration and um, I would really say to medical students that are interested in dermatology, if you guys come together and work closer on projects, you know, that has the potential for everybody doing more because it's collaborative effort, more can get done. You know, if Nate, if you're working on something and you need Jane to, to do, help you out, and maybe Jane has something that she needs you to look at, now you're both on two projects and you're just moving forward and you're just getting more and more involved. So, um, you know, there is a level of competitiveness in dermatology that um, I would say right away, you know, chuck that out the door, you know, people make it and it, why not help each other just get there. And everybody that I've worked with, probably the year I was applying, I had worked with at least maybe seven to 10 other applicants that were in that cycle, we all matched. So it, there's a lot of strength in numbers and like helping each other rather than divide, you know, dividing it up. And I might've I gone over awesome. Sorry, think, Nate. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. We, I want to hear it. And I'm sure everyone else that's listening is going to want to hear it because you have a lot of good information. I think my recap on that is find a good mentor, be accountable and pay it forward. <laughs> I think those are the three things just to summarize it. Um, I've seen that in myself of the couple of experiences I've had with my researchers. Yeah, do it. They're, they're reaching out to you. They're asking you for something. Like I said, I'm not the best writer myself personally, but I got it back to them and they were quick to edit it and teach me to be better. So I think, again, that, that learning experience is something that they're going to give you when they see how willing and invested you are to, to be better and to learn. So I think that's some great information you just shared as well. Um, I think the biggest thing also is the competitiveness. Um, 
you know, dermatology is hard to get into. A lot of these other specialties are hard to get into. But like you said, you kind of tell me before we started recording, why not you and why not help everyone else? You know, so share the wealth. Yeah. And I mean, this might be a little um, hippy dippy and maybe this is just from the time I spent in Colorado. But, you know, I always believe that you put good karma out there. You know, you put you get back from the world what you put in. And I have really seen that a lot, and especially going into dermatology, um, always working with others. And it's, it's kind of amazing because you create these friendships, actually. Like, you know, uh, Nate, I know you're a third year, so I know there's third years listening. And then now there's fourth years, and I actually think fourth years is just, um, is just like a really fun time because you get to meet everybody you're applying with. Um, and, you know, everybody secretly, I secretly like, oh, my gosh, am I going to make it? Are they going to make it? They're better than me. But you're also like in becoming really good friends through this process. Um, and by by being like that, you know, helping others, putting good energy out, good karma, like a lot of things come forward. And I've just continually seen that. So I would say definitely do that. I 100% agree with that, that thought process. Just want to kind of circle back to that. 99 percentile first of your class four scores you know i just want you to uh, kind of maybe touch on like step one step two level one level two you know we know that step one and level one are pass fail now just kind of your thought process on on board scores and so many people like making that the only thing that's important yeah um you know uh i can't use profanity because this is a podcast so i will <laughs> refrain from doing that um okay. i do not yeah i don't i I don't think we have an explicit rating. Oh, yeah. I'll hold back then. All right. Um, you know, the thing about board scores is they are a number. Um, they are a, a matter of how we measure an applicant. And unfortunately, in dermatology, there are just way too many more applicants than there are spots. Um, that being said, I, there, it's, to me, it's not a make or break. As everybody tells you, you know, when, as you were describing, you know, everybody is like, oh, you have to have this, you have to have this, it's make or break. Um, it's not, you know, I have plenty of friends who got average scores, got a little less than average. Um, and I think it's really recognizing that, you know, you have that, that come to Jesus moment, you talk to yourself, if you perhaps, you know, didn't have the best score, and you just say, okay, you know what? I couldn't show them this. I unfortunately couldn't show them the, my step one or my step two, uh, or excuse me, my step one or level one for the osteopathic candidates. Um, you know, if those weren't your strengths, then show them something else. Show them a different way. And whether that's research, that's volunteer, that's um, different like jobs that you've held since work experience is a part of ERAS. You know, those are how you balance it. It's all about balancing out your application. Um, and there are a lot of people that that do that. They find a way to balance it out. Um, that yeah, scores is not number one. You know, and I I will I'll flip the table a little bit. Um, you know, I also know a lot of people who applied to dermatology with 99th percentile scores that did not match. Um, so like I said, it's not make or break. Um, I think that when it comes to your application, you find a way to balance it and be honest with yourself. Um, I think that's sometimes the part where people don't want to be honest with themselves. Um, I will say, I think saying I have a great personality is not going to completely do it all for you. You may have a great personality. I may love working with you. 
but you know, there's somebody that's maybe showed a little more commitment in the field. You know, there's it's different ways of weighing the application. That said, um, for our fourth years that are listening, you know, if you've gotten your foot in the door and you're at an away rotation, audition rotation, however you call them with your programs, because every program calls them differently. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing that you can do is show them that you're great to work with. And that, that goes a long ways. Um, because do remember that when these residents and attendings are meeting you, one of the things they are thinking of is, can I work with this person for three to four years pending fellowship or whatever it may be? Um, so, you know, scores are not everything. Sorry, I'm like harping on this. Um, for our third years who are listening, um, you know, I think that now is your guys' opportunity because this is going to change. You know, we haven't even talked about it yet in my program, how we're going to do this. And I don't know how we're going to or even how old Durham is going to do it. But, um, you know, I my personal opinion, I'm not speaking for anybody, but my personal opinion is I think there's going to fall some, some weight's going to fall in step two, um, which is should be a relief. It is, a, a to me, a better exam. Once again, my personal opinion, no one else's. Um, but on the flip side, now you have the opportunity since now the step one pass and fail is to really become this applicant that you want your programs to see, you know, you want to show them like, Hey, I love this field. I really found it cool. I had that moment where I was like, I want to, I want to help take out a cyst or I want to, you know, help someone with their acne. I want to help my psoriatic patient. Um, so that's like, a, you know, those are really great things that the, our third years can do. And, you know, you have a full 13 months from until your ERASs are due. Nate, I don't know if you realize, start, mm -hmm. start your countdown, 13 months. Um, oh, I have. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you have that time frame to really kind of like show that dedication. Um, you know, I'll even go a little further. I don't know who's going to listen to this. I don't, uh, but first and second years. Um, because pass fail is now applied to all of you, um, there, you know, I think that, that I think maybe the expectation is going to become that you have more things from your first and second years that show you had an enriching experience and wanted this field. Um, I still think that class rank, if your school does class rank, you should prioritize that. Um, so, you know, you can't just blow your classes off just because step one, and honestly, like you need step one information in order to succeed on step two, it's just tested differently and it will apply differently. And then even in dermatology, um, you need step one information. There's still pathways, there's still cytokines, there's still all these different humoral responses you have to know. Um, but, you know, if you focus as a first and second year on making sure you can keep your class rank a little higher and then have more enriching experience, I think that's going to help candidates stand out. So, sorry, once again, that was, uh, I'll try to recap for you. Board scores are not everything. Um, you can show that you are a great dermatology applicant. Um, and you can do that by balancing out your step two, if you are worried about a step one, but that's now gone away because now the, the most of the fourth year should have already done that by now. Um, and then, you know, adding more things into your CV that show the dedication of the field, whether that's publications, whether that's, um, uh, different volunteer experiences, work experiences, 
And then um, first and second year is still focusing on rank if your school does still rank students, but now adding more experiences. All right, Ben, I, I want to kind of touch on to your little audition rotation statement that you said with the fourth years. So that's kind of a, a networking strategy with the fourth years. You're getting them to know you, you're getting the program directors to know you, the residents to know you. How can a third year like myself or a second year or first year who are trying to be more rounded, well-rounded, start networking and making those connections earlier? Yeah, so, I mean, I think kind of the cool part now is you know, COVID sucked, but um, really we've discovered this whole new world with Zoom, Teams, WebEx. And um, one of my recommendations is to start working with programs now. Um, you know, if that as a third year, if you're interested and you know, maybe like there's two or three programs that you're like, you know what, I'm, I have a keen interest in this program. I, maybe I want to move to Oh, I don't know. I want to move to Reno, Nevada or wherever um, and getting kind of in touch with them um, there. And you could say, you know, they all we all have web pages. You can all pull up our pictures. If you pull up LVHN, you'll see there's a picture of me and my co-residents basically skipping by the hospital because that's what the photographer told us to do. Um, but, you know, if you were to contact the that program, and say, hey, you know, they usually have a program coordinator. You speak with the program coordinator. Once again, let me emphasize coordinator, not director. Do not contact the director, coordinator, and say, hey, I'm an interested medical student. Um, is there any way that you could connect me with like Dr. Presley? Um, I'm really kind of interested. I'm really interested in Lehigh Valley. I'd love to like um, pick his brain, pick her brain, and then, um, you know, well, the reason I say Zoom and Teams and everything is important is because you can probably attend like journal clubs, you can probably attend didactics, you can probably attend um, maybe if they have grand rounds, because I, I think now more and more programs um, are kind of using these different options. So while like, for instance, we do grand rounds and journal club in person and didactics, um, we will have options for our attendings sometimes, like if our attendings are, can't make it back to the office, like they'll log in via um, WebEx and they'll be a part of our Grand Rounds or Journal Club. So those options remain available. And I know that like multiple programs are still utilizing that. And so I think trying to be involved and network, um, I think the other option, so that's, that's the first, that's the first thing I would tell you, get in contact with the program, do not do it to like, do not cold call like, uh, like 100 programs, this is a small world, I would tell you not to do that, because, you know, um, I would pick some that you sincerely are interested in, whether it's location or the program, and try to get involved and see what virtual experiences they have available. Some will even let you just go to their didactics. So, um, you know, if they're doing it on a virtual, you can always attend that. Um, so that's the first is getting involved virtually. Secondly, I would say trying to work with residents on research. So this is kind of like spreading the wealth again. Um, once again, I know that some of the students listening will be like, no way, it's not that busy. But residents are very busy. Um, you know, and if you talk to a resident and they might have a research idea, know that most residents have a research requirement. 
you know, I have to publish two papers a year. Um, so, you know, I have, I also have posters I have to submit. And then if you can work with residents and kind of say, Hey, like I have a little more time, whether you have like the case or like, do you need data? Maybe do you need me to like write up the poster? Um, you know, and that might give you like more. And like I said, like if you were to do that with a residency program and you were to perform and like I was saying, like be accountable, give it all your all and you turn it around really quickly, the residents would be like, oh man, that guy, Nate, like that was, that was awesome. Like he like got me that, I don't know, that data bank, like back within a week or whatever. Um, that's a really nice way to, to get to know residents. Um, a lot of us too, will will if you have questions about our program, we'll, we'll answer them. We'll, we'll want to tell you about our program because most of us are really proud of our program. I'm extremely proud of mine. Um, and I know most residents are. And so, you know, you can talk with us. You can really like, you can look at opportunities for research and look at opportunities to get involved virtually is probably the three that I would tell you with networking. Um, the next one would be conferences. I, I am hesitant to say AAD. And once again, this is me saying it. Um, if you've been to AAD, it's a very big meeting. I mean, you're talking all the dermatologists in, in the nation are there and international dermatologists are there. Um, I, I think it's a nice opportunity to go to AAD. It's very exciting. You get to see the changes that are happening in the field. You are in current research, but sometimes it's not very easy to connect with residents or attendings because um, just like most of the dermatology world is there, a lot of people that we know are there and we're seeing and we may not, unfortunately, have the time to prioritize speaking with you because we're trying to like see some of our colleagues or we might be trying to get to lectures, see our different friends presenting different research items or there's topics we really want to attend. Um, if it's a smaller meeting, there's a few um, smaller meetings. Um, you could definitely attend those like the ASDS or ACMS. Um, those tend to be just a little bit smaller. Um, but, you know, um, the conferences are an option. I would just be hesitant on those a, a bit. You know, if you're expecting to walk away after talking to like 20 programs and, you know, having these long, meaningful conversations with like six different program directors, I don't know if that's realistic. Okay. I think uh, the, the virtual networking is something that I've been trying to utilize. I'm from Southern California myself. I went to University of California, San Diego. And I've gotten on their virtual grand round um, Zoom because of that. And, I, and I'm an osteopathic medical student. I've heard from other osteopathic medical students who've matched into the MD or allopathic programs is that you have to have those connections. So, you know, if I got into UCSD, that'd be amazing. You know, it's not my main goal, but I'm trying to make that connection. So I'm kind of glad that you said that that's an option to do. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that kind of breaks geographical barriers too, right? Um, you know, being that we were, were both from the same school. I love University of Colorado. Um, I, they honestly, like Dr. Dunnick, Dr. Delavalli did so much for me there. Um, Dr. Sadapur as well. Um, but unfortunately, they have six spots and there's two medical schools. So these geographical barriers are broken now with Zoom and WebEx and Teams where we can really have the opportunity to get to know more programs and get to show our interest as well. Yeah, I think the, uh, 
like you said, as, as crappy as COVID was, it did open the doors for a lot of across the, across the nation interaction as yeah. well. We, just, we can kind of wrap it up in a, in, a, in a little bit. I was just curious if you'd want to just kind of talk about your program a little bit, you know, give us a little, little insight to the program. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm at Lehigh Valley Health Network. Um, we are, uh, we have offices in Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, Pottsville and Bethlehem. Um, so we are a, we're a traditionally osteopathic program, although with ACGME, that's, um, you know, those are gone. Um, we're all just dermatology now. Um, we are composed of six residents, um, at one per one year, we take two each year. Um, and we are a program that if you were to try to blend community dermatology with academic dermatology or maybe hospital dermatology, um, that's kind of the best way I know how to describe it. Um, you know, I love my program because I feel like I get a lot of blend and a lot of ability to learn hands-on. Um, my program director, uh, she is very committed to all of the resident success as well as our associate program director. Um, they're both wonderful people that at the end of the day, they're just, hey, are you guys feel like you're getting enough? Do you feel like you have enough exposure? And to give you like, um, you know, there's different um, counts that we have to keep. We have to keep a register of like the surgeries that we do and as, derm as dermatology residents to make sure we're on track with ACGME. Um, we're always way ahead um, because we get to do a lot with our program. And so the reason I say it's a nice blend of clinical private and then with hospital medicine, or you, you could say more academic is because we're also the consult service for a level one, um, dermat uh, level one hospital. Um, this is the third largest populated area of Pennsylvania. So once you take out Penn, uh, Philly and Pittsburgh, it's us. And so um, we see stuff come in from all over this part of the country and the amount of crazy pathology and complex medical derm that I've been able to see just as an intern. I remember as an intern because my seniors always, they were like, Hey, we have a crazy derm case. This person was admitted for a rash. Like you're going to be the intern on the case. And then that was really fun. Cause I got to work with dermatology, dermatology residents as a, a medicine intern, but our program you know, responds to that. So we have consult service. We work directly with uh, the hospital network and we have a lot available through the network. Um, we have a continuity clinic every Thursday that allows us to see our own patients. Um, you know, these are patients that I'm personally like the, the main physician seeing them um, and I precept with the attending, but you know, those the network provides that. So Lehigh Valley Health Network provides all of that. And then there's a joint relationship with a private practice in my program. And then you get to see more clinical clinical private practice dermatology. And we're very strong on surgery and we're very strong on um, working with all types of different biologics, complex med derm, and just like, you know, some of your bread and butter as well. So that is, is kind of why I love my program. Um, there's a lot of time um, spent to, to the residents, um, which is really neat. And so um, we have a lot of the same, sorry, I feel like I'm like, I told you every resident will tell you a love story of their program most of the time. Yeah. Um, I think, sorry, I'll, I'll try to wrap it up quickly. Um, 
you know, one just to like give you an example of um, the dedication to the residents from my program, um, most fellowships moved to be ACGME approved. So they used to be through ACMS, American College of Most, uh, ACMS, American College of Most Surgery, haha. Um, and then um, it moved to ACGME accreditation, like that was the new process. Um, our program director knew that there's multiple of her residents who want to do most surgery and would like to become a most fellowship trained surgeon. Um, basically, about the time span of a year, she was able to get ACGME accreditation set up for a, a most fellowship program. And she, she and the rest of the program did that. Her, uh, the residents, the, uh, our APD and faculty did that to better support the residents. Um, so that's, you know, getting a fellowship set up in less than a year is insane, but it was so fast. And just to give you like more, gosh, I'm so sorry. This is the longest level. That's okay. Um, I think it's, I think it's important. We need to hear it. Honestly, I didn't know much about your program and now I'm just like even more invested and interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And well, the other part is, um, and we have a lot of faculty who are very good at their fields. You know, one of our faculty members is the division chair for dermatology. And oh my gosh, I, I love I love listening to him talk. I get a little scared if he starts pimping me with questions because I don't <laughs> think my brain can ever reach his level. But he, um, you know, he is so bright and teaches so much complex medderm. And even when I work with him, I, I walk out and I like, I'm writing in my notebook all of these different things he's telling me. And then we have another um, faculty member, you know, um, who he's a, a, a dermatopathologist. He trained actually under Dirk Elston, um, Dr. Elston, who runs JAD and, you know, wrote the books. I, I currently, one of his books is the ones I have to read for residency. Um, and so like on, I was with him actually this week and, you know, we got to go to the scope and he's like going through the scope with me. And, um, you know, I've had probably about like six or seven derm path lectures by this point which is working and like going through and connecting now, like here's the clinical picture. What do you see on the slide? And, you know, we're at the multi-level, multi-headed scope and I can, I can talk with him and this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm not sure I'm seeing. Um, so there's different availability in my program, the different faculty members. There are a lot of community trained dermatologists too that have been part of this community. And I love working with um, two of our really strong um, community dermatologists because their, their patients just love them. And you just get to see this really unique bond that a dermatologist gets to have. So you learn community skills, you learn patient skills, you can learn surgical skills, you can learn derm path here. We do cosmetic clinic. I actually, it's, I'm glad that those that are listening can't see because I can't move my forehead because we just did cosmetic clinic last week. Um, and it's actually me and my co-resident who did it. It was really cool because um, we got to, uh, I remember our, our chiefs there, it's very hands-on. We have a grant where we can, we get all these different cosmetic, um, products, but, uh, you know, it was cool because our chiefs were going through like all the different anatomy of the face. And I don't think me and my co-resident realized that we were going to be injecting and like <laughs> our chiefs who are just so awesome and supportive were like, all right, Colby and Lauren, are you guys ready? And we were like, wait, what? We're going to do it. They're like, yeah, you guys like, hey, we went through it. We ran through it. You guys know your stuff now. Let's go. Let's go to the cosmetic room. And we'll go do it. 
and you know our our program director dr bardis was there and she just like made sure that we understood what was happening and supervised and it was it was a, it's great it's a hands-on well-balanced what you need and it can help you get to where you want to go um our last um graduating class of chiefs one is now the most fellow at our program and then one is now um, a pediatric derm fellow at CHOP, uh, which is the top pediatric hospital in the nation. So I, I'm really proud of it. I feel very proud. And then my love letter's over. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's honestly, it sounds multifaceted. It sounds like you have a lot of autonomy. And it sounds like they're really invested in making you the best version of yourself to be the best dermatologist for the community. And I think that's what all of us want out of a training situation, out of a three, four year training situation we're going to be at. So you kind of got me all jazzed up. You know, I was looking at all these programs and not a lot of stuff I've really heard about yours. And I'm glad I got to sit down and like hear you talk about that. Now it's like more on top of my <laughs> list. So. Yeah, yeah, I know we're we're a, a hidden gem. Um, but yeah, no, that's that. Uh, I you know I invite anybody who wants to kind of do what I had said, like if they want to reach out and this is their opportunity to you know reach out to our program coordinator and. The, you know, then that program coordinator will forward their email to me, happy to talk to them. And, you know, that's how you begin the networking experience. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, anyways, sorry. I'll leave it there. Perfect. That's okay. I guess to wrap it up, if you have a thought or advice for a first year, second year, third year, fourth year, I know that we, you, I don't want you to stay any longer than you have to. I know it's late on the East Coast, but uh, just kind of, through the years, what would you recommend? Yeah. Um, so kind of going back to like what I was saying, work with others. This is so hard to try to do on your own. Um, you know, I feel really lucky for the group of friends I had going through med school and just the people I met outside of med school. Um, you know, a lot of my friends that in Durham, we went to different schools and we met each other through Durham. And so I would say one, like, my advice for no matter what year you are, if you're a fourth year auditioning um, on a ways, meet those other residents and get to, or other applicants, sorry, and get to know them and just like really show them, you know, like, hey, I'm in this too, we're in this. Um, third year, you're probably more focused on like research and trying to like set up a ways, do it together. Don't try to do it apart. First and second year, you know, try to, to gain as much information as you can um, regarding like uh, all the information you learn in med school, but then like, you know, do some, do some different shadowing experiences, start to try to find a mentor. I found my mentor first year and I'm so grateful for that. And so first and second year, that's really, you're laying your foundation, find your mentor, get good grades, understand the material. If you can get like one to maybe three research projects going, whether those end up in publications, presentations, posters, um, you know, that's what you can do kind of that first broad first two years. And then, um, you know, third and fourth year. And my biggest advice, especially two for third and fourth years is you are getting to know programs is be authentic and be yourself. Uh, you know, probably very high for fourth years right now as they're starting their ways. Um, we want you to be intelligent. We, you know, we do want you to know something about derm. And when I say we want you to know something, you know, know how to describe lesions. Have somewhat of a differential, but you don't need to come up with like, 
oh, this is uh, Derriere's disease, and this is Haley Haley, and this is probably sweet syndrome, and you know, this neutrophilic uh, leukocytoplastic vasculitis. We don't expect that. I don't, I can barely do that right now, you know? <laughs> and so we are all starting and mainly if you can just look at something and say like, oh, you know what? Like um, this was a, a pink uh, papule that had some scale on it presenting on the uh, dorsal surface of the hand, you know, that you're using those terms and now I'm like, oh, okay. Cause I can't tell you how many people um, maybe outside of dermatology can't really talk about those lesions. So, you know, doing that, you don't, uh, you, you would, you, you're going to be well prepared for these aways and auditions. Be authentic. You know, like I said, one of the main things attendings and residents are looking at is can me and this guy jive like for, for three years, are we going to, you know, just have a good time, you know, the tough times in the clinic, getting through the good times, um, that's like, that's really huge and just always be authentic. Um, and then I think that the last one, thing with, sorry, third and fourth years, you're getting more first and second years, you'll get there, lay your foundation. Um, but third and fourth years, um, I think the other thing too, is, um, you know, you're going to be eager. You're going to, you know, you're going to think in your mind, oh my gosh, the attending think I'm an idiot. I said this. And like, you know, you're gonna be like, oh, maybe I like should help them. And like, you know, I want to be able to biopsy or like if they're going to give me the cryo gun, like I really want to like be able to do it. You know, being over eager is great um, in the sense of it lets us see you're interested. But if you would rather, um, we would just rather see that you're interested and not over eager. We would rather see like you have a, an interest in dermatology, but we don't expect you to know everything. We don't expect you to be at the level of a fourth year resident. You know, we don't expect those things. Um, so just show genuine interest. You know, don't stand in the corner with your hands in your white coat and just leaning against the, you know, the cupboards or the walls. You know, just be interested. Be like, oh, okay. And then you can ask meaningful questions. You know, um, if an attending is like, oh, this is a porokeratosis, you can be like, hey, what is that? You know, I don't really know what that is. And you kept saying that during your exam. You know, can you explain that a little more to me? Um, and that's like after the exam, right? You're not stopping the attending while they're trying to like see a patient. Um, so be authentic, be yourself. Don't be over eager. Trust me. It's a lot better just to be interested. Um, and then, you know, as you become more comfortable and attendings are comfortable, they'll invite you to be more part of the conversation. Perfect. Thank you for all that advice, Dr. Presley. And I guess that's it. And we'll see you all in the next episode. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the DIGA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please send us any questions or comments to dermintrustpod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 